0: To figure out my family, for trigonometry, you probably need a PhD for
1: trigonometry,
0: What's up all you white salamanders out there, you're listening to Polygonometry. This is an ad-lib podcast where each week, religious apostate and part-time Bruce Willis impersonator, Chris Jessup, sits down with one of his family members to talk about what it's like growing up in the 1830s. Now I am joined today with my host, Chris Jessup. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Dude,
1: that was an awesome intro.
0: Thank you very much. That was good. Um, okay, so this is a this is going to be a slightly different podcast again.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be different. It's going to be a little a little weird because I've never done this before, and I think it's going to be a kind of a good time. We figured, you know what? I'm going to have my producer on here, and we're going to just chat about one of the things that came out on Netflix recently that has to do with something that uh, we talked about in a previous episode, um, and that episode was let me just check really quick. Um it was with my my uncle Aaron, the guy who did the music for the episode. Yes. Um and he, if you're wanting a reference, uh episode sixteen, um he and I talked about something kind of kind of weird. Uh something that happened in the eighteen not in the eighteen thirties. God, you messed me up. In the nineteen eighties. Um, <laughs> Yep, with the, the white, yeah, with Mark Hoffman and the White Salamander letter, and just after, dude, for real, like right after we recorded that episode, Murder Among the Mormons on yeah. uh, Netflix dropped, and that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking about yeah, Murder yeah. Among the Mormons. I, I
0: sent, a, I saw it just come onto Netflix, and I sent Chris a photo saying, like, oh, what's, what's all this about then? And you said, yeah, well, oh, that's what we covered in the podcast. Oh so I was like, okay, great. And then we've decided. See, that came out a, a few weeks ago. And um, we're a little bit late because we're kind of useless, but <laughs> we <laughs> we decided to both watch it and not speak a word of it at all until we were recording.
1: Yeah, and so, so now this is what it we're going to be
0: listening to right now is just me and Chris talking about this documentary. We thought it was relevant to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, so might
1: as well. Why not? We're creating. Why not? You we're, know? we're creating content because we're influencers and stuff, right? Do you have a blue check oh. on your Instagram?
0: I got the blue check on my Instagram, on my Twitter. I've got some deals with some weird shake that's supposed to make you lose weight. (laughs) Um, Check Um, (laughs) thisdoesntwork.com. But yeah, so so we we thought, yeah, let's get the old microphones out. Dude, okay, uh, so
1: the first thing that I noticed about the show, okay, so this is for everybody who's listening. (laughs) If you haven't watched it yet, go onto Netflix right now. Stop the podcast right now and then go watch it. It's three episodes long. It's like average of like 50 minutes a piece. It's a super easy listen. You can do it in an evening. Drink your Mountain Dew while you're doing it. Um, <laughs> and so basically it's the story of Mark Hoffman and the bombings that happened in Salt Lake City in 1985 involving the White Salamander Letter, the Oath of Freedom or whatever it is, like the the first like published document in the new world like there's a lot of stuff that goes in it's
0: the it's the oath of the freeman the oath of the the freeman that's what
1: it is yeah Yeah. um and so this is just it it was an amazing documentary and the first thing that i noticed about it in the opening credits is that jared hess was a co-director and you might not think that that's a you know well-known name but if you've seen the movie napoleon dynamite no jared hess is the guy who co-directed Napoleon Dynamite.
0: I did not know that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, dude. Awesome. Like how
1: dope is that? The that's guy who did a- <laughs> the guy who created Kip <laughs> 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 made this documentary. And the thing is, it's not like a documentary that's like, "Oh, this is so Napoleon Dynamite."
0: But no, I would have never have guessed they were even in the same connected in any way. <laughs> but if you watch Okay
1: so that's That's for everybody Who just barely got done listening um, If you If you um, Just barely just got done Watching anyway So now from here on out We're gonna be dis- Discussing spoilers Let's just put yes. it out there
0: Spoiler
1: so, alert Spoiler alert um, <clears throat> So um, So yeah That's the first thing That I noticed <laughs> And then I was like Okay so Is there gonna be Like a Napoleon Dynamite Type of like vibe For this whole documentary <laughs> Like this is gonna be Super weird If he's gonna be Talking Don't be about jealous, Mormons
0: Napoleon Cause I've been speaking To babes all day <laughs> If Kip
1: was narrating it, <laughs> if Kip was narrating, like, <laughs>
0: I killed two
1: people with the bombs all day. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. So uh, <laughs> can you pull me into town? Um,
0: but really anyway, made me spit wine over <laughs> my mic. Yeah, spitting
1: that Jesus <laughs> blood all mic. over the microphone. Um, but yeah, dude. So yeah. I found like one over the course of watching it, dude. They definitely had a little bit of a Napoleon Dynamite. You remember the, rea- the fucking reenactment scene where they're driving around in the blue car fucking shooting the Uzi?
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. It's so like, that bit is really cool, but it's un- so uncharacteristic for that documentary. It just sort of comes out of like two dudes firing off an Uzi, dude, and like war dogs.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, So let's start from the beginning. Let's start from like- yeah, Let's
0: start with the beginning and kind of-
1: And just kind of go through, go through it. Through that way it. we're not like jumping too far back and forth. No, um, me and, and that Chris kind of might thing. jump
0: around all over the place that's just because that's what we do and we're talking about something that we haven't spoken about before so if that happens sorry
1: you're along for the ride anyway so yeah. the the show opens up basically with um this bombing that happened or more specifically the show the very first thing you hear other than like the titles and all this different stuff is this guy by the name of Shannon Flynn who has a really funny voice you know that guy
0: has a really funny voice and is hands down my favorite person of that <laughs> entire he's my favorite character he's like the mr potato head um he looked he looked just like winston churchill like dude just like that's him.
1: exactly what i
0: thought i was yeah. like
1: dude how did they get what winston? he was wearing
0: yeah he's wearing a vest with a fucking like uh and the, he had he's got like a little bow tie kind of thing like <laughs> yeah, it's, but one of the ones that kind of comes down it's
1: could you imagine if winston churchill talked like shannon flynn
0: uh, we would not have won the war. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we would Dude, Hitler would have had a really good time. Just be like, this This fucking guy, he can't even talk. No, no, no disrespect to Shannon Flynn. Even though you yeah. committed crimes. Unregistered guns. Anyway. um <laughs> know he talks he kind of talks like this a little bit and he has a hard time like you know maybe it's just the stress because really his-
0: when you see when you see him like when he was younger his voice is relatively normal yeah it's fine i don't know if he's been i don't know if he he got on probably the cigars winston churchill i mean know, it might the, be the fashion comes with it yeah yeah <laughs> But he kind
1: of kind of talks like this, and I don't know if it was the stress of your best friend killing two people and then lying to you about the forgeries, but yeah, this is kind of how he well, talks. I will say,
0: as it goes on, and more he kind of opens up, and I think the thing you were about to refer to is when he was just like, don't let me answer that question. Yeah, yeah, he he's like, don't he let me answer that. The more it goes because on... He more, that's that's he because he was fantastic! That's yeah. <laughs> what he says. he was fantastic! And you can... As it goes on, you can definitely hear that the emotion is affecting the voice more and more. Cause there's a couple of times when he trembles with it as well. And it's just like, oh, I want to give him a hug.
1: Yeah, man. Like, you feel bad for it or
0: something. and just be like, it's fine, man. Like chill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. So those are the first few things that I noticed about the show. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean this, there's so many like subtle Mormon things that are just yeah. perfect in what they reference with their little shots and their music and like all this different stuff. But there's one thing that I wanted to tell you about that because I know that, I mean, you've been already been on the podcast before with the ANYSR episode and talking about like just Mormon culture as a whole. Yes. But there is a section in the first episode where they talk about playing a Shannon Flynn is talking about playing Celestial Pursuit.
0: Okay. Right. That was the first thing on my notes. That was really? Dude, out. same that with me. The okay. All right. So what, what's
1: your, what's your question? I want to hear what you have to say about it because I'll be able my to kind of tell was, you. Yeah.
0: My question was simply, uh, celestial pursuit. What's with that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, was my, that was <laughs> Dude, it's a, I mean, he, he explained it perfectly in the show. He says like, it's trivial pursuit, but for Mormons. So all of the questions have to do with like Mormon lore and like church history Mm -hmm. and the Book of Mormon and all these different things, right? And if you've studied your scriptures super, super well, you'd be able to really do well, which is where he was referencing it with Mark Hoffman. Because Mark Hoffman got every single question right when they played that one night with their friends or whatever it was, right? Mm -hmm. So. So that's kind of an, I mean, it's cool. I've played Celestial Pursuit before. I, saw, I, that,
0: I, I was needed to know, have you played yes, it?
1: Yes, I have I have played okay. it. Yes, I've played it. There's another okay. version Is... of it that's called Jots and Tittles. <laughs> yeah.
0: What's that reference to?
1: Okay, so Jots and Tittles. <laughs> <laughs> we should start our own separate podcast and call it Jots and Tittles. Jots and
0: Tittles, okay. Okay, right. so we'll, we'll Jots and Tittles,
1: okay. So Jots and Tittles, when they say like, Cross your Ts and dot your Is. Yeah. The cross that you put on the T, and the dot that you put on the I are called jots. You cross the Ts, the jots, and then tittles are is the mark that you put on top of the I. So that's like the official name for it. And so when they're they're basically referencing like, do you know like the specifics of how the church history works, Mm -hmm. and you know, can you can you cross your Ts and dot your Is? Can you put in the jots and tittles? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but so, uh, have
0: you played? Have you played both of them?
1: Yes, I've played both. Um, sucked Which at one's
0: both. Better? I mean, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> uh, all, right, okay, all right. Okay. But all right, what, what's it compared to to normal Trivial Pursuit? Like, is it the same gameplay with different? Oh,
1: like- very, very similar. Almost identical. Yeah. yeah like well, the you bo- have like the box
0: si- looked identical.
1: Yeah, and you have like the little pies you know, the little pie yeah, things, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you you know, you finally got the pie piece for history or, or whatever. And they have like the whole structure. I mean, it's all the same thing. It's like Mormon history, Book of Mormon stuff, scripture stuff, Joseph Smith, yeah. whatever. Yeah, they have everything.
0: That, that's so cool. That, <laughs>
1: but the thing that. that made me laugh during the episode uh, was that it, showed, it cuts to kind of like a little bit of a reenactment. There's no like, you don't see any faces, you just see like arms and like, yeah. you know, people rolling dice and moving pieces. But the thing that made me laugh so hard was they had a plate of rice krispie
0: treats yeah no that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude and so they saw why, is, why are they always associated with Mormons, dude you
1: have in the, in, in the shot you see like this hand reach and grab a, <laughs> a rice krispie treat dude and i was just like that's that's it That's that's a Mormon party treat. That's me. That's me. That's my hand, dude. That's
0: my hand. (laughs) I'm
1: involved. Yeah, dude. No, Mormons are all about the rice krispie treats, man.
0: Everyone is. I mean, rice krispie treats are awesome. Oh, dude, they're banging. Absolutely, Mormons bang in (laughs) them. But
1: But yeah, no, dude. There's and there's and that's just one of many many subtle Mormon references that they have throughout the entire show that I just loved.
0: Well, the the other thing I did want to say about the show. before we really start, is that I noticed? I think you 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 definitely already need a prior knowledge about Mormons and kind of what they're about because they do not explain who Joseph Smith oh, is or yeah. really what the Mormon religion is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't know if that like if you even notice that because it's something so normal to you. But when I was watching it, I was thinking like they haven't actually explained like what Mormonism is. So if if someone doesn't know what Mormonism <laughs> is or anything really about it or Joseph Smith, if you start watching it, I. I think you're going to be a little bit lost. I think you'd have to maybe have some kind of an idea because they never they never once say that Joseph Smith was a prophet and they just said, they just keep on mentioning Joseph Smith. They probably do mention he's a prophet, but it's not really that clear. It kind of jumps straight into... Yeah,
1: they jump right into just basically yeah. the situation with Mark Hoffman and the Christensen guy yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, uh, yeah, no, you're completely right. I think that you have to have a little bit of a prior knowledge to... Um, mormon history specifically how the church was founded the origin story yeah right
0: that, like, that's the thing you need to know
1: yes and so just a quick recap is basically when joseph smith was 14 he was called on by the angel moroni to go find up and dig up some golden plates that's yeah, it
0: that's in a nutshell in a i nutshell. don't know why they can have done that but <clears throat> Yeah. We've done it for you.
1: Yeah. Um and so where things start to really kick off and where the inspiration for the episode that we're recording now is coming from is the fact that we talked about it previously about the white salamander letter. And this thing, dude, the fact, okay, the fact that Mark Hoffman was able to <laughs> dupe not only the FBI but yeah. the church historians as well, and dude, they Ugh. went through a cyclotron test for the oath of a free man, and it and it passed.
0: It passed everything. Every they... single
1: test, he was able to dupe everybody and make his own forgeries. Could dude? Could you imagine being a dude who is like really into treasure hunting and the whole shit? Right. You forge a document. You 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 copy Martin Harris's handwriting. You go through everything. And you pat, yeah. and you, you get the letter of certification back from the FBI, saying it's full authenticated.
0: It's incredible, dude. But th- you are so thats they an did. orgasm, dude. Yeah, hundred percent. So Absolutely. They did figure out. Obviously, they they did at some point figure out that it was fraud. I can't remember how long after. I think it was a few months, maybe even a year after. Is oh yeah, it was a while because they they proof. studied it for like. 100 after 110 hours the fbi and all these people were just like no it's 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 real but it was it's this one guy who was like something doesn't add up and he he zooms in to the to this letter and he, he he sees that the ink is cracked and it's like how do you have such an eye for that you like nothing imagine being that dude's kids you can't get away with like, sneaking like sneaking girls back to your house, having weed in your room, nothing. You cannot get away with anything. He will notice. I was just, Dude, all that's I was so thinking. Perfect. The first thing that oh, came shit. to my head when I was learning about how meticulous this man is, the first thing that came to my head was his poor kids. He <laughs> can't get away with anything.
1: Dude, and he, <laughs> and he was, he's Mormon, that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Mormon. And so he he'd said like the reason why I got into forensic science is because i like to disassociate myself from people. I don't do well with people. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which is so weird for Mormons to have. Right. But yeah. I mean, you have demographics and all sorts of religions, but basically like he, <laughs> he goes into, and that he explains it in the, in the show where he says like, if someone, cause he's a document proofer, essentially like he, yeah. he's a yeah. document examiner. That's what his, his title is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said like, if someone comes to me with a document and they say it's a forgery, I go into it trying to prove that it's real. But if they say this document is full authenticated real, he goes into it trying to prove that it's false. And that's such the, a the badass second that,
0: the second he said that. That's it was so just cool. Like, this guy knows what to do. Like Yeah, it's so short and simple, but when he said that I was like, right, I'm invested. This guy is he, not messing around he gets
1: it he he understands yeah, he gets it he knows exactly what yeah. he's doing and like they go in and they find the fact that the, these this ink because they, they 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 did a bunch of like comparisons so i know that we're kind of jumping around but whatever man
0: we, yeah we, we kind of we've jumped quite a bit we'll come back and yeah then, this so is, this is basically like pop fiction yeah. Is how we're doing this I'm podcast. just sure.
1: <laughs> I mean, you can compare us to... What? No. <laughs> we're not even on that same level. But anyway, um, <laughs> so he goes in and they, they have these comparisons um, of these documents that are full-fledged like they've been in the church's care since the 1890s or whatever you mm-hmm. know and they those are like genuine like nobody's arguing or question nobody yeah. nobody there's no, not even this guy who's a document examiner he knows that those are real and so then he compares those to these things that these documents that mark hoffman was analyzing or not ha- analyzing but holding and, and you know yeah. touching and and handling essentially and he goes in and says, "Oh yeah, no, actually the ink on Mark Hoffman's stuff is cracked." And it's, it's like you can could, you could think of it like a, like a dried-up riverbed. Look, mm-hmm. right it's And just so how it looks. Here. All of the ink is cracked and stuff, so they're like, "What's going on here?" And that's basically what broke the case, is that Mark Hoffman is just this giant fraud, and everything started cr- to crumble around him. But the, the, dude, yeah. everybody was on his side.
0: Everyone was on a side. Everyone kept on saying about how just genuine and how nice he was. And they were all his neighbors, his family, his friends were just like, you've got the wrong guy. This is just not in this guy's nature at all, which is kind of terrifying when you kind of think about, you know, it it makes you kind of a bit wary of people after when you kind of after you watch that, you kind of think, who's Who's very nice who I know that could possess the ability to do that stuff? Because I need to be wary. Who
1: in my life Um, could bomb a building?
0: Yeah, I mean, you look like you could bomb a building. I mean,
1: I look like the Unabomber. Dude, I I just put on the hood and I'm ready to go.
0: Uh, I, I sound like I could be Jack the Ripper but um, (laughs) um, this is something I wanted to ask because they said this right at the start of the podcast is that they said there's something about Mormons and treasure hunting that's just that it's like in the the beginning of the episode growing up uh, yeah so so like is that would you say that's true there's something about Mormons that's so into wanting to find treasure
1: they're not so much hunt treasure But you can think of treasure as something that's a little bit more uh, amorphous as a definition. When you
0: were a kid, it it doesn't mean infinite. Just finding anything. Finding something cool.
1: Boom, I found treasure, yeah. That's what treasure is, right? Mm -hmm. And so, no, and and I think what they were referencing is specifically during the 70s and 80s. That's when Mm -hmm. Mormonism was really kind of like gaining traction and just You know, all every missionary was baptizing people all the time. I mean, yeah. I, I I'm I mean, I probably will be wrong about a lot of the stuff that I say, but whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So from what I know is that like during the 70s and 80s, that's when the church was really kind of hitting its stride overall. Like, you know, mm-hmm. major politicians were Mormon, like all this different stuff. Like, you know, Mormonism was kind of like hitting its stride, like I said. Um, it was a good
0: time to be a Mormon.
1: Yeah, it was a good time to be a Mormon, great way to put it. And mm-hmm. part of that was like this kind of weird subculture kind of underneath everything where they're like, dude, let's find some cool documents and stuff. <laughs>
0: like, but again, this is something about the podcast, cause, not the podcast, sorry, on the show, because they, they, they say that, like there's yeah. this thing about, but it's like, it's, just, Old, it's like a really weird hobby that they dude, decided that's fine
1: stuff. And I think what that stems from is the Mormons' priority of family history, you know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like genealogy is paramount in Mormonism, and that it's also in the AUB too. Like you do your gene- excuse me—you do your genealogy. You have all that stuff. You look back. You have your family tree, but for me, it looks more like a family bush, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's just so all over the place. And you know, you kind of like trace back different things, dude. You go to dude when you come to America. I'm gonna bring you to the family history museum. Okay. And you're gonna type in your name and you're gonna find out all your family history. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Boom easy. You literally type in your name and your like family tree just like spreads out from you your name, just like and they just fill in everything for you. Um, and that's it's kind of cool, man. Like, to be honest, it's a little cool to be like, you know, you're searching back and you're just kind of like, oh man, who's this guy from, you know, he's my great, great grand uncle or whatever. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, oh man, what is it? What was his life about? And you like kind of dip into his history or her history or whatever. Like, like I was saying, like, I mean, I've had that on the podcast before, but like my mom and dad are like eighth cousins, twice removed.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. I yeah. would love to try and to do something like, that, cause I've never tried looking at my, i and my family tree, I just never even really thought about it. But I really want to look. I do want to follow it because there's definitely a McMinn look, and it would be great to kind <laughs> of have a somewhat of an idea of like, like my face came from somewhere. <laughs> like, it, like who? Who
1: was the OG McMinn?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because me <laughs> and my dad look identical, and like, and we yeah, both same looked, me. We both kind of look like my uncle, and then we all look like my nan and then so yeah we just want to know like (laughs) where did this come from
1: yeah man no it's totally and the other i think that's where it comes from like this kind of Mm -hmm. historical like not so much living in the past but like appreciating Mm -hmm. the past that's a huge huge part um because you know uh like they always talk about having a journal right journaling is Mm -hmm. a huge part of mormonism um, yeah. Keeping a journal and kind of just, you know, I mean, my, my great grandpa, um, Joseph Lyman, he he has his journals published, like in a mm. boxed set, basically.
0: Did you ever have to keep a journal? Or did you keep a journal?
1: I never had to keep a journal, but it was like strongly encouraged. And I've like journaled a little bit here and there, you know, and it's kind of cool yeah. to kind of like look back and see how you were doing during those times and, and all that stuff. I mean, it's a typical mm. like Dear Diary thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you talk I'm about what electric. your day? I've
0: never done that, but yeah, <laughs> dear <laughs> dairy. <for> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I still spell diary as dairy, but
1: that's fine, as long yeah. as you're not lactose intolerant. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, like it's it's kind of a big thing about Mormonism. And so when you talk about treasure hunting, and dude, I mean this is this is kind of one of those things where I get a little bit uh, critical of the Mormon Church because of Joseph Smith's propensity for. Using treasure hunting techniques from the 1820s and 30s. Right? So he's talking about uh, divining rods. Have you ever heard of divining rod before?
0: No. So basically,
1: it's like this... Oh, man, dude. This is when we get into some real mystical shit. So... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so basically, like a divining rod, you can use it like a... I think they call them yokes as well. So think of it like a branch that has like a V, a giant V. Yeah. Right? And you hold on to either end of the V and you flip it out and you point it. Right? You you, you have the like it's almost like an arrow pointing. Oh, and you. it leads you places. And it, and you just like you feel it, you know? You just feel yeah, no. it. they use it to like they I, they try to find water and shit with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they did that on Mythbusters, uh, yeah. didn't they? I, I mean I've maybe. Seen it on something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things that you just um I mean he used those all the time all the time hmm. i mean it's documented like yeah. he used those joseph smith the good old joe well well he was 14 at the time i mean well here's the thing is that <laughs> the story of him finding the golden plates and angel moroni and all this stuff he started telling about those things when he was 26 so oh. this was already this is 12 years after right, okay. when he was I 14 not know
0: that yeah yeah Oh, okay, right. Okay. So this is... All right. That's blown my mind a little bit. I did not... I assumed that when he was 14, he found the plates and he ran into town shouting... I found golden plates. Everyone listened to me. <laughs> and half the people were like, this guy's bull- chatting bullshit. And the other half were like, whoa. Okay. Not That's ev-
1: like in my head what happened. Not hi- ev- everything in history isn't a South Park episode. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, right.
1: <laughs> you have to keep that in mind is that as good as South Park is, and of course, I'm, I'll be the first to admit that it's absolutely brilliant. Chris, okay. I don't
0: know how many times I need to tell you this. I'm not a Mormon, nor have I ever <laughs> been a Mormon or really studied it. I've spoken, I've spoken to you about Mormons, and I watched South Park. Outside of that, that's all my knowledge is about okay. Mormons. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I digress. I digress. <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
1: okay. So, uh, but basically, yes, so that's what happened is that he, he did the whole thing. But then, like, when he started, like, coming up with all the stuff, it's not like he started translating the, sh- the golden plates when he was 14. He didn't do that. It, he waited so okay, it was kind of so like this why thing. did
0: he did he did he wait because he thought right no one's gonna take me seriously right now or i mean maybe like,
1: that's probably the justification that he came up with but dude i, I don't know I, I mean i'm not a historian I don't I, don't, I don't I would have i would have to get someone else on to explain you it a spent little bit more.
0: every sunday of your childhood learning this
1: no no we didn't no <laughs> that's not what happened when we were in sunday we we're learning about how to like you know, push down our boners with a wooden spoon. Like that's what, ha- that's what it was, dude. Okay. Like that's not how it worked. <laughs> Sunday school wasn't learning about white salamanders and stuff. Dude, I didn't know about the white salamander litter until I was in my 20s. Wow. Well, yeah.
0: yeah it, it turned out to be nothing anyway. Sorry. I mean, but true. Still, but that, very interesting.
1: but I will say this, dude, I'm getting so passionate, <laughs> um, <laughs> is that The fact, and they kind of go into this in the first two episodes, specifically how they end the first episode, which I thought was a brilliant way to do it, is that they talk about how it seemed as though the LDS Church was trying to hinder the investigation a little
0: bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They did make it sound like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like the fact that you know this bomb goes off in the building kills uh the mr christensen um Mm -hmm. and things are kind of going crazy and then that second bomb goes off down in holiday and holiday is like a suburb of salt lake um and so that bomb goes off. So people are like freaking out. Like one bomb is, and I think they say this in the show, is like one bomb yeah. is an anomaly. Two bombs yeah. means serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so people are freaking out. There's probably 10, 12, 14 bombs plastered all over Temple Square and Salt Lake mm-hmm. and important church buildings and blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah.
1: Historical places um, or whatever. And so people are rightly, like, you know, justifiably freaking out. Um, and then Mark Hoffman's car blows up and a mark hoffman has to go into the hospital so people are yeah. like someone's targeting him he's like and this- obviously
0: for the whole hour all we've been hearing is that mark hoffman is just a saint of a guy he's mm-hmm. so sound and sweet and they, they they kind of said about what i can't remember what job he did before but his wife's on it and she basically says yeah one day he just turns around and is like oh i'm going to be a a document finder and I'm gonna be the best one.
1: Oh, ever. isn't it after they find the or in that Bible? Like on their kitchen table?
0: Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, so the, yeah, they find the Bible. They find uh in the what's Bible is when they find that's where they find the salamander letter.
1: No, not that's the, the salamander letter. Ones, isn't it? No, it's where they found the uh the um the thing where uh Joseph Smith's uh oh, what is it? Is um, it his wife? I know his wife his they they find right. like something that um it basically lends to the belief that, you know, Joseph Smith was the one who like transferred stuff over from that. I have it right here. I don't know if Netflix is going to sue me. I'm going to play five seconds at a time. And I was very excited to meet Mark. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and right here, I think, is where it's at. This is Mark Hoffman. That's
0: like Eeyore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's like a, a high pitched Eeyore. <laughs> okay so now we're gonna jump to that was shannon Flynn, but now we're gonna jump to mark hoffman the paper was copied by joseph smith's own hand the characters were just dried from the gold plates were- right there yeah so he's talking about oh, this okay. um yeah, yeah that's what it was yeah so this thing that basically like joseph smith copied the char- the characters from the gold plates onto this piece of paper and that piece mm-hmm. of paper yeah. was what they found in that old timey bible Cause the letter, yeah. the, the pages were like stuck together or whatever. And his wife like found and like opened it up and it was like, holy cow, we found this crazy thing. And that's when he told his wife, I'm going to be going into the document finding business or whatever. Yeah, And he was making
0: and so it, much money, dude. And, and he was getting, he was earning bank. He was earning so much money. He was living this, you know, crazy lifestyle where he was just, he was, he was spending money on, you know fast cars and trips to new york and but this was a little this was a mormon boy who grew up he was a scout like lead apparently eagle scout pretty, yeah. really high in the scouts yeah an eagle scout that's the forever. highest rank you can get i got one boom i'm
1: basically i'm basically mark hoffman dude
0: uh, uh- <laughs> stupid anyway yeah no i got there my eagle is, anyway i don't mean to offend anyone but there is nothing more lame than being a boy scout no. it is so lame no dude you don't even get it man <laughs> dude being a boy scout was lit. i've never done it i've no i did it a little bit when i was a kid and i i, I have too much of a problem with authority I got dude the
1: guy who invented boy scouts is from britain
0: but so maybe i'm related to him i don't know Polygonometry. i mean maybe but i i but he, but I, no I I did it once for, I did it like for a month when I was a kid and I just I didn't get along with I don't like being told what to do by someone that isn't my parents so Well that because that, that's
1: because, because they didn't make it cool man We made it, it cool It was cool at all No because we went I'm hiking sure we, dude we were tying knots and shit I was starting fires without matches
0: it was we sick We were making the only thing I really remember is that we made actual Mr. Potato heads That's the second time I've referenced Mr. Potato heads <laughs> in this podcast but we, I don't know why it's um, not mister been, anymore by the way oh yeah uh, we don't have to get into that um, anyway um <laughs> but we we made they literally gave us potatoes and sticks and was like make a, a man <laughs> and that was it and i was like w- why am i here what am i doing no nah, dude and i didn't get along with it no but dude anyway, we were right, building right forts
1: and shit when i was in scouts it was awesome
0: oh man all right okay fine the, the, anyway. the american Scout seems way cooler but anyway so this was a really kind of he grew up in a crazy um like religious household by the sounds but his dad seemed really like
1: really strict like really really intense
0: well they said they said that his dad walked in on one of in to one of the rooms and there was a book uh that just had pictures of dinosaurs on it oh yeah that's right and he apparently hit the roof was just not happy that there was anything like that in his house because um,
1: it was promoting evolution like that's the level evolution. like he was getting so pissed off at the fact that they were lending credence to the existence of dinosaurs, dinosaurs. <laughs> and that it's means crazy. that it's going against church doctrine church doctrine so, but which is kind of true in a way so
0: but he basically he goes um he grows up this you know this good little mormon boy um very very nice and then he comes and does his mission to manchester that's england.
1: i was gonna talk to you about that okay so he goes into manchester england so this story is like it's not just salt lake city the bombings all that stuff that's where no. it centers on for sure but then you have like stuff in new york city with the oath of a free man and that guy who looks like a mouse who well, he yeah. was <laughs> dude he looks like uh, scabbers dude like that's what <laughs> um but anyway he so he has like this, this stuff in new york and he has the guy the stuff in england so this is not just like salt lake city his story no. goes all the way to freaking england with his mission
0: so he comes to england and then he notices um some bookshops and he thinks well i'm gonna go and have a check out these bookshops and obviously at that time sort of still has them now, like more like mormonism isn't brit there's mormon churches in england but mormon the mormon religion isn't really particularly big in england um anymore so it was
1: anymore well so when he because that was like where the that was where like missionaries first started going like my great grandpa my great grandpa joseph lyman he served a mission in england whereabouts fucking somewhere i don't know dude
0: (laughs) (laughs) probably manchester Um, to be honest Maybe. So he goes, he finds this bookshop, he goes into this bookshop in Manchester and he finds all these books about Mormonism and it was books that he would never be able to get hold of in the States. They addressed that, that the kind of books he was finding, that was kind of the, the image of Mormonism that they were painting was not exactly very flattery. And it was kind of saying, yeah, it was, it was offending a bit. It was kind of telling a bit more of the truth than he knew what he, then he'd been told what he'd been, you know, growing up hearing. Yeah. Um so he found all these books and he was starting to discover things about his religion that um was kind of opening his eyes a little bit and thinking maybe he had been led to believe something else. And then from there they later on do say that I think it was after that trip, didn't he uh become an atheist, but he didn't tell anyone but like, it was something it, like that. Yeah. Uh, they meant there's something in the documentary that says that but anyway, he finds all this stuff and then his I faith think, was shaken. His faith was shaken, and then he kind of started going down a bit of a rabbit hole of learning mm-hmm. all this stuff, and then realizing, oh, um, maybe I can turn a profit.
1: Um, yeah, not a so. prophet, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, <laughs> profit, P r o p h e t. P r o f i t. Yeah, that's yeah. important to, to distinguish because he did not turn Gordon B. Hinckley. <laughs> kind of, uh, actually, you know what? He kind of did because Gordon a B. Hinckley. Bit. The okay, so Gordon B. Hinckley. By the way. Um, like, he was the prophet of the church when I was growing up um, and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, and he, like, Mormons, this is yet another thing that I kind of have a problem with when it when it comes to Mormonism as a whole. Mm-hmm. Is that they don't, it se- okay, it seems as though they don't really worship God. They worship right. the prophet. Can you elaborate? They worship the prophet. So it... it and that's that's that might be a little bit too of a general thing to say, but basically, like, since the prophet is the mouthpiece of God, mm-hmm. they w- end up de facto worshiping the prophet in the first presidency. Oh, so Thomas S. Okay. Monson, um, right now, it, so Thomas Monson passed away. Now it's Jeffrey R. Holland, I believe. I could be. I don't want to be wrong about that. Now, now that I feel, I feel stupid. I'm gonna look it up. So basically, what I'm saying is, um, is uh, that they they basically want to. I mean, dude, you go into any Mormon church, and they have like pictures of the first presidency on the wall, and like the quorum of the twelve, and everything, and then like below that is like a a picture of Jesus, like
0: wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, like. So, so do they do they almost worship the prophet more than they would? Worship Jesus then.
1: Oh, it's Russell M. Nelson. That's who I was talking about, not Jeffrey R. Holland. Um, so yeah, it's Russell Nelson. I'm glad I figured that out because there was about to be a people who were like, what?
0: you do not know, dude? You're discredited. Everything you say is false now." So, um, so the the all right, the prophet when so when they're the prophet, do they what do they do? do they do like sermons or anything? What like what do they do? Like if you say like the the whole idea of the prophet is that they're the mouthpiece of God. When do they when do they use it?
1: They, they like, okay, so conference. You've heard about conference. I've told you about conference before, right?
0: Yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so, so in Salt Lake, during Pioneer Day, okay, July 24th. July 24th mm-hmm. marks the day in which Brigham Young came into the valley and said, this is the place, you know, finally we're here, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, if you ever come to Salt Lake City and you try to go out and, like, do things during Pioneer Week, probably not going to be open. Because okay. people are doing other some other shit, right? So, during that time, there's conference. There's a giant LDS conference every year, and they have it um, right next to Temple Square. It's actually a pretty amazing experience to go and, like, watch it. Like, we went and watched it one time uh, when I was a kid. Uh, and we went down there, and it was just, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of Mormons just everywhere, all over Salt Lake. And basically, like... It's like that time of year. It's like Oscar season. Like, oh man, like who, like something's coming big. Like this is kind of cool. Like we're going to hear like some new like divine intervention stuff. Some new prophecies. Like this is going to be cool. Like that's what it's like. That's exactly what it's like. Dude, conference is Oscars for the Mormons. It's Super Bowl week, dude. Like that's what it is. Does Um, everyone get like dressed up All good? Oh, dude. People. Okay. Mormons have, Mormons have a lot of mummy, a lot of mummy, a lot of money. Okay. They have a lot of mummies. And they
0: do also have a lot of mummy.
1: They have a lot of mummies. They're in that fucking vault up like little Cottonwood Canyon or whatever it is. Um, yeah. or big Cottonwood. I can't remember which, um, I should talk to my friend. She works there. Um, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, dude, they have a lot of money. Okay. Mm-hmm. The most yeah. common 18th birthday present for a girl is a boop job. Really? Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, you walk Ew. dude, you turn on your car, Mormons. You, could, you turn on your car radio in Salt Lake, the ads you'll hear. It's not about like, oh, okay, yeah, come down to this used car dealership, we'll help you out. It's like I went to Dr. So and so for my breast augmentation and I had just the most wonderful time. He is so professional, he talks about the risks and everything, and I am so happy I went to him. Dude.
0: Right, okay, that I'm I, right, I'm so confused, but I thought Mormons were really against sex oh I, no well not sex but but like you know well like sex before marriage like that and yeah and, and yeah you know having some you know the here, tig old bitties. Here,
1: here's the thing man those tickle bitties dude they dude <laughs> the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints should be renamed to the church of jesus christ and keeping up with the joneses dude that's exactly <laughs> what it is and they say that in the show they say that in murder among the mormons It's like mark yeah, hoffman mark hoffman was about status he was about having nice yeah. things, and that's a thing about. And his wife was t- saying it. He's like, "That's the thing about Mormonism.
0: You want to look good for the people around you."
1: That's exactly what it is, dude.
0: Well, okay, so the boob job, the whole boob job thing, is it? Uh, is it both for the man and woman? Like, does the man want to be seen with like a big chested wife? Absolutely, is that kind of. Absolutely,
1: a hundred percent. And the woman wants to be a desirable, uh, you, sh- you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I I don't want to say, like, I know what I'm talking about here, but I do know that one of the most common 18th birthday presents is a breast augmentation. I know that for a fact, okay? And so when you have someone who, I mean, dude, the fact that they're having radio ads for this shit,
0: that's insane. Yeah. that's
1: Also, impressive. the Utah Valley, or not the Utah
0: Valley, the Salt Lake Valley,
1: it has the highest number of porn subscriptions per capita
0: so no way so there you go dude i mean god i I didn't know mormons were so horny (laughs) (laughs) oh you didn't know they were so horny with the giant families we have like what are you talking about no i well yeah i did but they're supposed to be so like proper and (laughs) (laughs) they are before marriage dude i and you
1: know what and even <laughs> and you know what even before marriage dude they're having anal sex dude
0: it's not dude fucking girls gone wild salt lake edition would be insane yeah <laughs> I mean, they can drink <laughs> that'd be mental um
1: no dude girls gone i don't wild want to offend anyone i'm that
0: i'm really not meaning to it's just straight away now where my mind's going
1: well yeah i kind of i kind of helped you get there sorry um, yeah. <laughs> so to answer your question, do Mormons dress nice for this occasion? Dude, have you ever yeah. seen the typical Mormon not wearing a suit and tie?
0: I don't see many, but the ones I do see, they are wearing a suit and tie. There you
1: go. Mm. Dude, yeah. pro- Dude, like fucking red carpet. Again, it's Oscar season, dude. They're going to roll out the red carpet for themselves, man. That's Getting their so- hair nice and done. Ooh. Super high, uh, you know, super expensive dresses. Dude, gowns.
0: They're
1: not they're not getting dresses, dude. They're getting gowns. That's the level at which they're getting dude. like they're
0: going to like like the ball in Cinderella. Yes. Like that. Yes.
1: Bloody hell. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Okay, right. That's, but that's anyway, cool. so um, to again, retracing backwards because we go off on yeah, tangents all the time. Okay, yeah. Is uh yes, that time, conference time, is when like the big news is coming, right? Mm-hmm. The big news is showing up so that we got to
0: look good for this because everybody that we know is going to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay, so we got the um, we got the profit. Where were we before we got to the profit? Well, we
1: were basically talking about how Mark, Mark Hoffman was like a badass yeah. when it came to forgery. So,
0: so, yeah, so he was, so Mark Hoffman, um, really sweet guy, he got re- into forgery, but he was selling, he found this thing Called the White Salamander Letter. Yes. Um. I'm uh, uh, quote unquote found this thing called the yes, White Salamander that, Letter. He- heavy and, air quotes on um, that one. Yeah. Again, yeah. So I, I need you to sort of talk about this because I can say what I think it is, but it, it's quite he- heavy. So you okay, explain I, kind of what I, the White I, I wanna, Salamander Letter
1: is. I, I want to know what you think about it first, and then I'll kind of come in because okay, I've been talking well, a lot, I and I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah.
0: Okay so what I, what I gather that it was is that one of the most integral parts of the whole story of the history of Mormonism the, uh, is that the, uh, the, the story. Angel Moroni Yeah. Yeah the, the, the Angel Moroni visited um, Joseph Smith and told him about the golden plates. But this letter uh, that was apparently written by was it one of Joseph Smith's like best friends or one of the guys that he so, so it's a, rel- a somewhat reliable source. Martin Harris. Oh. Martin Harris. Martin yeah. Harris. So Martin
1: Harris was the guy who translated or helped scribe for yes. Joseph Smith, mm-hmm. translating the golden plates into the Book of Mormon.
0: So the salamander letter is, it was a letter that he wrote to his wife or friend, basically saying that Joseph Smith told him that he was guided to the golden plates by a white salamander. Mm-hmm. And... The reason why this is such a huge deal is because, one, everyone's been told and worshipped something completely wrong. Mm -hmm. And, two, it makes the religion seem a bit silly. Yes. kind of almost decredits it.
1: It, Yeah, because it turns it from – and you nailed it. You nailed it. Okay, right. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, the White Salamander letter that Mark Hoffman, quote-unquote, found was basically – it upended the entire origin story of – Mm-hmm. the Mormon church and how Joseph Smith was like, officially is like, you know, I was visited by the angel Moroni and he gave me the guidance to go to the golden
0: plates. And then I dug mm-hmm. them
1: up and I found, you know, the sword of Laban and the Liahona and like all these different things. Well,
0: it's the whole thing. The, the whole, the fact that it was angels and everything, it keeps in line with the, the old Testament and the new Testament. Sure. Of the Bible that yep. we know that if you believe in that stuff, angels are very much a part of that. Yep. so, okay, right, but as Mm -hmm. soon as then there's something like this. The fact that it
1: turns into a white salamander, all of a sudden there's like this mysticism and and oogly, and dude, okay, that guy named Rob Decker, the the journalist, he's like, and then it turned into oogly boogly. (laughs) (laughs) I love that part of the thing. And by the way, that was the same guy. Dude, I wanted to ask you about this. How hard did you laugh when Rod Decker comes on and, like, gets introduced to the show as, like, this guy who got interviewed. And he's, like, he's singing in front of the temple for the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, like, cuts back to the studio. And they're, like, well, that's, a, that's a good way to end the news. <laughs> dude, I laughed it's so hard. Random, so, what, why did he do that? <laughs> because, dude, Mormons love hymns, man. Mormons love hymns. They get off on hymns, dude. They love it. They love it. So he's like singing oh, so on a funny. broadcast. And dude, only only in Salt Lake could a journalist <laughs> sing an official Mormon hymn
0: on TV and then just be like, I can do that. Eh. <laughs> I can't tell you how much that just wouldn't fly. Not even now. Even Especially back in the 70s. if. <laughs> A news broadcaster started singing hymns. <laughs> I still, I think, to this day, we wouldn't shut up about it. We'd be like, "Do you remember that idiot?" <laughs> like, it, it would still be talked about? about. That's funny. Dude. I reckon we'd still be talking about it like, especially with the, like you know, news in England is so proper and so. Oh yeah, day. now yeah. Welcome back to the BBC, and it yeah. suddenly goes like, "Welcome back to the BBC." <laughs> yeah he's and then, got the whole world <laughs> in his hands you just what? what is going on here
1: oh dude that's so funny yeah man so i mean he that dude that's so mormon man that's so mormon to just be like oh i'm just gonna sing these hymns on the television broadcast for the you know the news that's owned by cbs or whatever <laughs> um and that was kind of a cool thing that i liked about the show too it was that like they highlighted what the news was like in the mid 80s yeah they
0: you they know really like really did like because they they really cut to really
1: a lot of like footage of the KUTV and like all these news sources that were like you know you know based in in Salt Lake and they showed like it was kind of cool to kind of it was almost like a like a time travel a little bit to see like yeah. what broadcast yeah, news looked like when during that time it was kind of cool without a doubt Um, but yeah, so this guy named Rod Decker, he's the journalist. And so he's talking about oogledy boogledy and how like this, this white salamander letter that was verified and authenticated and all these different things. Just hit my microphone, um, gesturing too much. Um, uh, so he was talking about how it basically upended the entire origin story of the Mormon church. And that was something that got, it makes me uncomfortable. In in a very weird okay. way, because I know that Joseph Smith was a charlatan treasure hunter guy.
0: Right? That's Allegedly. Alleged We just sure. to keep it cover I was, our backs a little bit. I wasn't there. We weren't there. We weren't there. We believe that he was, but sure. we don't know. Sure. Allegedly Allegedly he's a prophet. Allegedly he's maybe something else, but so he, but, but something that, is a, sue us. something that
1: is a fact is that he was into treasure. Yep. He was into it. That's a thing. That's real. That's undisputed. Okay. He was part pirate. He was part pirate. Joseph Smith wore an eye patch. Yeah. When, he, oh, when dude, he How cool would that have been <laughs> Dude, oh, the man. prophet of the Mormon the, the OG Mormon was like this guy who wore an eye patch,
0: dude? I would have been a Mormon when I was thirteen if I found out the prophet rocked an eye patch. <laughs> who do you want to worship? This guy in robes or this dude of an eye patch. I'm like, that guy's got a story.
1: Dude, we have so much to talk about and we're almost to an hour.
0: <laughs> no way
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. So anyway. Um, so Joseph Smith was this, this, uh, kind of eccentric. You can say that he Mm -hmm. was eccentric. I think that's safe. I think that's safe to say. And he was into all this stuff, divining rods, uh, you know, dude, I mean, it's official man. Like the Mormons believe that he put a rock into a top hat and watched a movie and just basically Mm -hmm. told Martin Harris what happened. And that's where I wanted to kind of go is that like Martin Harris, was this guy, a very prominent, very, very important figure in Mormon history. Mm-hmm. And so when you have this white salamander letter written in Martin Harris's handwriting, identical, identical,
0: mm-hmm. by the way. Identical. I, I it, When you're watching it, I, I can't believe. He, he says, doesn't he, that he just has this ability of that he can just see someone's handwriting and he can just copy it. Yep like perfectly and you're seeing all the examples of different handwriting that he can do it's mind-blowing man
1: and it is mind-blowing i mean and when you think about how dangerous it is just watch the show
0: (laughs) yeah dude that guy never had to take a letter home from school
1: no he he could just his
0: parents signature left right and center
1: yeah he could just do it and so yeah like he he i mean that's the very first thing that the shannon flynn guy says is that don't let mm. don't make me answer that question i don't want to make a hero out of him because he was fantastic
0: he was fantastic
1: and so um, like at the end of the show when they said like mark hoffman was easily the best forger to ever live dude mm-hmm. i
0: i can't well, argue i can't argue with that man no and that- He fooled 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 the FBI. FBI. He
1: he made the oath of a free man go into a cyclotron test in fucking
0: Berkeley, and they passed. He fucking passed. Passed almost with flying colors. Yeah. Pretty much. And then, dude, and then this is how much of
1: a sociopath this guy is. He goes into a, a goddamn lie detector test, a polygraph test, and scores the highest score that the people have ever seen.
0: Yeah, the the highest score they people have ever seen. But then later on in the um in the show they talk about how he had one as a kid or something, and he learned about the techniques of how to cheat it. Yep. Dude, that's and how that's how much of a sociopath this dude is. When he was sociopath. a when
1: he was a kid. When he he got a, kid, he a polygraph like, test or when he was whatever a kid, he hell. was like
0: at some point I'm gonna do something that's really gonna bite me on the ass. I should learn how to <laughs> lie my way out of it. Well, and they
1: showed like that story from his childhood of like how he was like riding bikes with his friends and they're like, Oh, you should go dig over there and find this jar of old coins. You remember mm. that part?
0: Yeah, and they said yeah. that the 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 most popular theory is that he went the night before yep. buried the jar of coins mm-hmm. and then knew exactly where to to dig and he talks about how he got almost a buzz out of just decepting people. Yeah. He got he got a buzz off really? of
1: like making people believe something that wasn't true.
0: Yeah, I know, but like don't get me wrong, it's really funny to like, I don't know, but put something on your friend's back that says like, I don't know, I kick me. I, yeah. I, I Yeah. Kick me or something. And then when they say, was it you? No. And they believe it was you. Don't get me wrong. That's a good feeling, but I've never been like, I should kill him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should end his life. That'd be funny. I wonder if I get away with that. <laughs> yeah, man. No, for sure. And that's, I guess that, that feeling, for some people, the feeling that you're talking about yeah. of just kind of like being a, a jokester, a little prankster guy, can get mm-hmm. really far into this point where you're literally willing to take someone's life. Yeah. Multiple yeah. people. It's... He killed two people.
0: He killed two people and he failed to kill himself. Um, yeah. So we we, so we should get into that because we haven't even gotten to the bombings yet. Sure. So with um Okay, so we're, we're, he was... Basically to summarize where we are right now he'd made all these letters and documents blah blah, blah was earning a lot of money and Dude. he was decept- he was decepting people all across the United States and the world and, and the, I mean and the world but but even the Mormon church yeah um, well, so uh, we need to go back a little bit more so the white salamander letter when the when the Mormon church heard about it they were like we need to like hide it, get rid of it Yes, basically, weren't they? They offered to pay. I was at three hundred grand. I think so. He sold. He
1: sold the 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 document that was in the Bible. The the hieroglyphics or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He sold that for forty grand to the the Christensen guy, the guy who ended up dying in the first bombing. Which, Mm -hmm. by the way, dude, here's something that's crazy. That Christensen dude was the brother-in-law of the guy that was like helping me through my Mormon um, journey when I was investigating joining the church down in like in Corvallis in, in Montana. Really, His brother-in-law was that guy. Crazy.
0: Poly- polygamous, man. Yeah, you guys Crazy. know, every, you have some sort of connection to everyone. Everybody.
1: And, and my wow. heart goes out to that guy because he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Yeah, no, I agree. And that guy. That family was, dude, that family was torn apart
0: by those events, man. Torn apart and they seem like such a together, sweet, loving family. Absolutely. Even when they spoke to his wife, um, like, what do you think about Mark Hoffman? She was just like, I I don't, I'm not even wasting my time hating him. I'm not wasting my time doing this. I'm I'm not wasting my time being upset. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to mourn. And it's yeah you can tell that she was so tragic
1: dude so tragic
0: it's 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 terrible it's it's horrible okay so anyway So, so he gets the um so he gets the the letters and eventually yeah so he he we we get the white salamander letter yeah and um the mormon church hear about it and they're basically like we need to hide it
1: yeah, kind they of. were hush-hush, man. Yeah. And they're they, like, they, we,
0: we, need to, well, we need to get this no, in all this not, not so well, much
1: Not so much trying to hide it, but they were being
0: weird. They were definitely being weird. They're being they were weird. definitely being really weird. And they were also, I, 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 I get why. I get why. It's, it's literally, this is the heads of the Mormon church. The Mormon church is worth, like, if you said the Mormon church was at its heyday in the 70s and 80s, God knows how much money that they had then mm-hmm. and you know compared to today's money and and also just how much the religion was you know helping people's lives and sure stuff and absolutely the idea absolutely that
1: they, i agree 100 percent.
0: like look again like me and chris we're not religious either of us but we both i think can understand how it can be a very helpful device for some people absolutely and there is there is no argument there i would never tell someone that they shouldn't be religious ever it's yeah. just what we think um and they and suddenly you've got this thing that can possibly affect that maybe even destroy it i can understand the mormon church freaking out and being like what do we do we need to make sure if this is true we need to make sure this is right and also if it was true if it was real what would they have done like if it was at if it, if, if the white salamander thing was real it wasn't for it wasn't forged or anything there was the right, the white salamander letter was Completely one hundred percent authentic what would they have done would they have just hidden it
1: dude that is such a good question that is such a good question because you think about like what it meant to have the entire origin story everything you've ever been taught about mormonism yeah. say say you're a you're an average Joe Mormonism or average mm-hmm. you're an average Joe Mormon right you grew up yeah. Salt Lake born and you're raised an average joe mormonism yeah you're an average <laughs> Joe Mormonism um the wine, the Jesus blood, anyway, it's affecting me um chin 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 chin, chin. Uh, gombe dude um but <laughs> so when you have that well, you see so you're born and raised uh Mormon, grew up in Salt Lake. You 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 rub show, you, you did everything right. You're an Eagle Scout. You went on your mission. You have a family. You have a few kids. You have a golden retriever, white picket fence, green lawn, nice setup. Your dad has a lot of money. He helps you out. You have a good business. You're doing great, right? You're doing everything perfectly. You're in the bishopric. Mm-hmm. You might even been a bishop, right? Then you hear this news, this new yeah. letter from Martin Harris talking about a white salamander and everything you've ever been taught turns out to be kind of a sham that's insane
0: it, it may i can understand how that would make you question everything everything, everything you'd ever been to- told or learned like and that's that's what does it do wh- to a person that's what i went through man that's
1: exactly yeah. what i went through and yeah. from personal experience for me and my, i don't believe that the church is true but i do believe that the church is good in mm-hmm. a lot I, I, of in, I,
0: there in, is no doubt in that
1: in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but i will say that i have a lot of criticisms that haven't been answered yet mm-hmm. so I will, I will i'll put that out there the church oh here's here's a better way to put it the church can be good
0: yeah definitely you so guys i'll, have I'll definitely say that I'll covered say that. some examples of that on the podcast yeah um, I, I will say that. that the whole yeah but
1: when you have that, when you have the entire structure, the entire origin story, which calls into question everything you've ever been taught about this guy, this Joseph Smith, who is like essentially the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah. You have God, then you have Jesus, then you have Joseph Smith. That's the way it goes. The Holy Trinity is not Son, the Father, Holy Ghost. It's Son, the Father, and Joseph Smith. Yeah. And so when you have that being called in, into question a little bit, then what does it do? What does it do to a person? What, what does... Like, how do you move on from that? 100%. I,
0: yeah. What, what do you do? So anyway, so they, so they find this letter and they're trying to basically decide what, what we're going to do. It's getting proved. It's getting authenticated, left, right, and center. The Mormon church aren't particularly thrilled. They're not, sto- not stoked on it. And not, they're not happy about it. It was a... They're a bit, it was they're a, a bit it, miffed.
1: <laughs> it was a press nightmare for the church
0: yeah so um this happens and then uh bombing start happen yeah man so the first person who got bombed was uh steven christensen name
1: again christensen Stephen christensen
0: yep. uh he had a package outside of i think it was a flat was, or an apartment no it
1: wasn't um, an apartment it was a it was an office building the judge building
0: oh yeah that's what it was yeah, yep. yeah it was his office building when and, you come to salt lake uh, he, we'll go there he picks. Oh, great! <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll go to the we'll go to the spots. Yeah. Um, we'll, hit, we'll uh, hit it up. So we'll hit up other bombing spots and Salt yeah. Lake. <laughs> yeah, you meet me at the bombing spot. Anyway, um, so yeah, so he gets not just it's just torn. This bomb, like it, it's riddled with like old shrapnel and yep, nails and rusty nails and stuff and it obliterates they say about how his stomach's just blown out well his chest is blown out yeah yeah his chest is just completely gone and you see photos of sort of the damage that the bomb yeah. did it's it's ugly it's really really bad and yet yeah, not long after that another one happens and it was um that guy's wife what was his name do you remember what his name was
1: the sheets family i believe the
0: sheets family okay so they get on within this in the same day right it was the same day
1: uh yeah it was the same day i think it was literally i think it was supposed to be it's funny that we're like being like doubtful about it when we're talking about a show that we watched (laughs) like (laughs) we shouldn't we shouldn't
0: we know yeah we're trying to here on mythbusters we're trying to get down to the the nips and crannies
1: okay so Um, it was the sheets family yeah okay
0: yeah so um the wife um again same thing package on the just on their porch yeah On the porch, picks it up, gone. Because her husband was the target. Just like that. Because the husband was the target. But so he So Mark Hoffman, who, as we know, faked this all all this stuff and the white salamander letter, and also was behind these bombings, he was basically just bombing these people so he wouldn't get found out. Yeah. Like that's the He was covering his tracks. Only reason. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just so evil to be like i'm gonna make a lot i'm gonna profit off of it and i'm gonna kill whoever gets slightly in my way and especially someone who is supposed to be by all accounts the nicest sweetest dude that would never even harm a fly. yeah um dude did you crazy okay so that to
1: someone that part in the in the show i think it's in the second episode where they're watching the news and mm-hmm. mark hoffman is like loving the fact that he's like yeah being they're talking about him. They're talking about him. He's a suspect. Yeah. He likes the fact he's, that he's being talked about
0: as this. And when suspect. this is happening, when they're talking about this, when this happens in that part of the episode, he's got a video camera and he's just doing like a home video camera thing and yeah. he's filming his wife and his kid. Whilst that's happening on the TV, you can hear him talking about. Um, you hear the news and broadcast. And, yeah, yeah, and and you can and he's just kind of like, oh, he sounds calm. This is he cool. also sounds. He, he sounds. Impressed? Yeah. That is not. That's not what you should be feeling. Should not have that. You should not be feeling
1: action. good when they're saying, no. "Yeah, he's a he's the main suspect in these bombings, and he's kind of a fraud." But he's sitting there getting his j- his jimmies rustled, right? Yeah. And like, what the hell is wrong but, with him? Okay. Dude?
0: So now it gets to the other thing that I am dying to ask you about. Sure. So he, um oh, the first, the other thing that I wrote down because I thought it was such a great name for an album. Is that they talk about the day when it happened? I, wonder, I can't remember who said it, but they said it was a beautiful day for a bombing. <laughs> dude, and that dude that I was
1: like that was Dalia the the, the um, yeah
0: it was it was not Cristalia not, not Chris no, not Chris no, not Chris no not, it was the invest it was the, the lawyer it was the um the lawyer yeah. no that's what he yeah, was a lawyer that skis that's yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah no he's he's um, the skier who just happened to be a lawyer
0: yeah yeah um, but yeah he said it was a beautiful day for a bombing. he's and he's I, my favorite character in the whole thing by the way. He's my favorite well, character. Him and Shannon Flynn. I yeah. like Shannon Flynn. Um, but Beautiful Day for a Bombing, I was like, there's something poetic in that. That's yeah. just... Um, anyway, which is so morbid, but I was like, that's just... It's kind of cool. It's a great album name. Yeah, sure. Um, they, um, but then... What so what, happens, what were so you... What, they, yeah,
1: what were you curious this about? This is the
0: thing that I'm going to get to. So when they... After the two get bombed, yeah, uh, Mark, Mark Hoffman... Gets into his car and then he gets blown up. Yeah. Not dead, but a bomb goes off in his car and mm-hmm. he is severely injured. Yes. Um, which I mean, first thing is kind of good because I mean that almost eliminated him as a suspect. But then they got back on track with him so soon. But when that happened on the news, they, say <laughs> I, think they I, say. I think I know what you're about to say. I know what you're. What, uh, you, yep. you know that I've been dying to <laughs> ask you about this. <laughs> okay. A guy comes along. <laughs> yep. And he said yeah, dude, that dude. I saw that he was wearing it. I saw that he was wearing the LDS garments, dude. and I took out my uh, co- consecrated, co- consecrated oil, and <coughs> that I carry with me at all times. And oh, I commanded dude. him to live. I was. I wrote
1: that down, dude.
0: Oh my god. Okay, right, dude. Chris, cut, cut from the same cloth. You and I. What the? I know. We, <laughs> as soon as so comes out, we just. Okay. Right. What, what's what's happening with your boy there? What's all right. There? All
1: right. So. I love how this is kind of turning into an A and YSR, dude. Okay, so consecrated oil is this thing that Mormons mm-hmm. have, where they use oil as kind of a conduit of God's power. Mm-hmm. Okay, and in episode two of the podcast, if you want to, if you want to be meta and promote my own podcast on my own podcast. Um listen to oh, no, um, I don't want to. listen to my cousin Tim. He's he the way that he talks about it is great. And something that I reference is that I told my buddy Okay, so basically here's what it is. Consecrated oil is what you put on someone's head when you do the laying on of hands for a blessing. Okay? A blessing is something that I received numerous times when I was a kid. I mean, I wasn't getting it all the time, but basically like if you have a pretty hardcore sickness or illness, or you got in a car accident, or you, you know, something happened, something's wrong, and you They gave have, you
0: all those blessings and they couldn't help you with you losing your hair.
1: You know, I would think that would work. <laughs> I would think that that would work, but here we are. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so uh, now I look like Bruce Willis, but, um, What you do is you basically like drip a little bit of oil and then you're like rub it on the top of their head, and then everybody Mm -hmm. puts their right. Okay, so you have like a circle of men, priesthood holders, like, you know, they could be four, five, ten, whatever, and you all put on your right hand on the top of the head of the person who's being blessed, and then you put your Mm -hmm. left hand on the right shoulder of the person to your left. Does that make sense? okay right okay. yeah no i i can see it i can see you it, got it. Yeah. okay so you everybody has their right hand on the head of the person who's being blessed the person who's sick mm-hmm. right left hand on the right shoulder of the person to their left so it's kind of like this how circular... many people usually do this it could be anything it could be one guy it could be two it could be three before it doesn't matter um it, it's almost There's one guy does he
0: just hold up his hand like he's holding his hand no if he shoulder. does no
1: but if he does if it's only one guy what he does is he has his elbow at 90 and his thumb at 90 that's the symbol of the Aaronic (laughs) priesthood Um, but if you're consecrating grave sites or if you're like doing something and if you have already been blessed with the Melchizedek priesthood you do two like this (laughs) I'm not not fucking kidding dude I'm not kidding you have your elbows at 90 your thumbs at 90 and if Aaronic is one hand Melchizedek is two hands okay (laughs) okay anyway so for a blessing you have a bunch of people standing around in a circle person who's sick in the middle hands on head hands on uh shoulders consecrated yeah. oil is what you put on top of the head of that person okay you rub it in a mm-hmm. little bit just to make sure that god knows that you're ready for a blessing and then you say your blessing right consecrated mm-hmm. oil is a very sacred thing for mormons very very sacred. All right, first
0: off what is it and where does it come from it's olive oil it's olive oil pure like by no, no no you buy at a, at a, at a store no. to americanize myself store <laughs> at a store
1: no not at a store you don't just like buy it like just whatever it's like, you
0: said it was olive oil
1: it is it is okay but it's like high 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 quality olive oil at least from what i know in a pinch okay. you use water from what i've been told maybe i don't know i don't know shit mm-hmm. um but and the way that I've referenced it is like, I, I talked to my friend who's not a member of the church and I was explaining the same type of thing that I'm t- telling you now. And he was like, mm-hmm. wait a second. You mean that moment in the green mile when like Percy doesn't wet the sponge? <laughs> like you need to wet the sponge. And I was like, that's deeply funny. <laughs> like, that,
0: that's I, amazing. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you need to wet the sponge essentially, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the oil is what you wet the sponge with. And so... When we get back to Mark Hoffman and that dude who's wearing the giant fucking glasses from the '80s, right? And he <laughs> yeah. and he comes in and dude, the thing that makes me a, kind of a little bit of upset about it is that I saw that he was wearing the LDS garment and I brought out my consecrated oil that I always keep with me.
0: Yeah, he keeps it
1: with him, dude. Like he's well, ba- so
0: that's what I was gonna say. So 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 is when he said that I was like, oh, is that a thing that Mormons do? Yes, they keep it on them. Yes, they keep it on them. Yes. Did you ever have any that you kept on you? No, because I didn't have the Melchizedek Priesthood. Oh, okay, right, okay. So it's like a ranking thing.
1: Yeah, it's a ranking thing. And okay. a lot of people keep it in their truck. People keep it in like their, dude, it's like fucking, it's like Batman, dude. You're like a holy Batman
0: where you're just like. Okay, phew, right, okay. well, here's, here's another question. boom, that, power of God. Here's a question that I have that, because he does say, I noticed that he was wearing the LDS gar- um, garments, so I yep. did this. If he wasn't wearing the LDS garments, would he have still done it? I don't know. That's up to the dude. Because well, isn't that I mean if Yes, you're right. It's something that you <laughs> if it's something that you truly believe, no but if it's something that you truly believe and you're and you're like, I know that this is gonna help this person, it shouldn't matter if they're LDS or not. It, like if you're like there to help the good of man and you think that this is something that's gonna work and it it doesn't matter if it doesn't. If you truly believe something's gonna work, you should do it. I think. You know?
1: And you know that might have been but, just something that he said. You it know, might have
0: been something that he said but it was something that I thought it, it, there was something in just the way he said it that I kind of thought like
1: alright if he did, if he wasn't wearing really it if he wouldn't do it yeah no I yeah, see what you mean that
0: was just um, again it, maybe not maybe not it was just that was the thought that went through my head when he said that but anyway
1: but and what really makes me kind of upset is that he says and I th- I wrote down the quote right here because I was so I mean he said I took out my oil that I usually carry with me and I commanded him to live yeah I commanded. commanded dude, was... commanded how far in your faith and narcissistic do you have to be to command
0: that guy, someone to, this this day, to live, believes that guy is alive because of him him absolutely hundred percent that that was him that hundred percent hundred percent
1: hundred percent I mean. Well, I mean, the power of wrong, God. He was acting. It, it was it was the power of God
0: that healed him, but he was the guy who was. He was you the know guy. That I mean? commanded. Yep. Yeah. And um, right at the end, uh, uh, our boy Shannon, <laughs> he um, he gets emotional because he was like, that guy. If he had just left him, he would have died. He didn't know that he was helping to heal Satan. Yeah. He was healing Satan, and he was being serious. Man. Yeah, man. Because um, Mark Hoffman, fucking
1: dude. Mark Hoffman screwed over Shannon, dude.
0: Yeah. So basically Mark Hoffman, he made these bombs and he made one that he kind of already thought in his head that he would probably end up using on, on himself. That yeah. he would probably commit suicide and use it as a get out of jail card, I guess. Yeah. He used it and it didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. He stayed alive. He was in intensive care. And then it was all about, okay, well, who's doing this? And... um it's just a bit of a wild goose chase from there because they had no idea. They had their suspicions, but they were – there was a lot of things to follow, a lot of leads to go. Um, and
1: what was crazy is that the thing that cracked the case was the oath of the freeman, because yeah, they found so out the that the, the, free man. the receipt was made out to this guy named Mike Hansen, Mark yeah. Hoffman, Mike <laughs> Hansen. Okay, come on. Get a little it's bit just,
0: more creative with your aliases. As soon as what I thought, I was like – it's like me calling myself like Francesca, like yeah. I don't know, like, like come on, <laughs> or, like or you calling yourself Christine, you
1: yeah, know? exactly, like exactly. Trying, so, um, so he had this receipt for this engraving company who made the Oath yeah. of the Free Man for this guy, quote unquote, Mike ha- Hanson, aka Mark Hoffman, and they. So mm-hmm. what they did, the lawyers, the fucking Dalia guy. All of them replicated the process, and were like, "Oh, dude, we nailed yeah, him! We it. nailed him!" Yeah. And then the entire thing fucking crumbled around Mark Hoffman. Yeah. Everything yeah. that he tried to do just completely got obliterated.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's wild. They so he he made all this money off of you know duping people, and he did it very very well. There's no oh, argument. The guy good. was talented. He was the so guy good. was. It, 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 if only he put that talent to something else To something like actually productive something actually productive i mean he's got the tools for it. he's got the natural tools clearly of how to just deceive but he couldn't know what he, other dude, line of work he could have gone in but he could have
1: he could have like gone into a line of work with like cracking forgeries well, exactly yeah. Like he could have will been the guy.
0: Do they do that at Google. G- Google and MySpace. No, MySpace. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, 2006 called if, phrase. If you want to know how old I am. <laughs> um, right, no, but so Facebook and Google, they do a thing that if you can hack into it, if you can hack into Facebook or if you can hack into Google, they will hire you like mm-hmm. straight away yep. because they want you to basically be like, how did you hack in? Solve it so no one can do that the same way you did again. sort of thing yeah he could have done something like that yeah he totally could have totally could have he had the mind for it
1: for sure he had the tenacity and the drive and the fucking sociopathic tendencies dude yeah
0: he's a fucking cold um,
1: he's a cold stone killer man
0: cold stone there there is no other way to explain him absolutely he's a a man i mean he he killed two people on the same day with and, bombs, dude. With bombs. With, with bombs. Bombs that were loaded. That they, they were desi- The bombs were designed to maximum annihilate damage. someone in maximum damage. Maximum and and in a brute way, like rusty nails.
1: Yeah, dude. As shrapnel,
0: <sighs> a pipe yeah, and bomb. Shrapnel and shrapnel, dude. Like. A
1: pipe dude. Bomb. Okay. Do you remember that, me- that that section in the? I think it's like the second episode, where you're kind of like, you know what, Shannon Flynn, you're kind of a piece of shit
0: too. Yeah, no there is a bit where he's Yeah. <laughs> he's a shit yeah, head. yeah, you're like, "You know what? No, you
1: had an unregistered Uzi, you motherfucker. You playing around with your butterfly knife and all that shit."
0: Look. I don't know <laughs> if it's just me being like a dude. <laughs> like it's just inherently in us that like we want to drive really really fast and just fuck shit up. There's definitely something in men that it's like, we have a thing in us it, so that's like, I would love to like, just really fuck something up. <laughs> and and the fact that he was just like, yeah, I was into fucking shit up, so I bought an Uzi. I was part into guns. Was like, part, part of me was like, I get it, <laughs> like, I, I get it.
1: <laughs> no, but what was crazy is that Shannon Flynn kind of like flew under the radar for a super long time until they like got a warrant to like raid his house, yeah. essentially, and they found the so anarchist, he-, he found out the anarchist cookbook. And they're like, dude,
0: this guy yeah. fucking did it. <laughs> there was no. <laughs> he did get arrested for. He was well. He wasn't really arrested, but he was detained. Should we say? Oh
1: well, no, he went to federal prison.
0: Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. He but, was convicted. Again, it was one yeah, of those things were unregistered yeah, yeah. firearm. There was. Yeah, definitely. But he. Um, there was no. That did not look good for him. No, they found literally no, a no, book. No. If you know, he, they found a book that depicts exactly how to make make pipe bombs yeah and they said what can you tell us about this book and he was just like I've read it
1: <laughs> yeah it's like dude that's not the best defense
0: no don't and he
1: even says like the first thing I should have done when they started interviewing me was like I want an attorney
0: and you an attorney yeah and he did and it and it fucked him over but yeah. so he didn't get, and he was probably out of everyone in the podcast he was I keep on saying podcast everyone in the show he was probably the closest to Mark Hoffman by the looks of it. They all yeah, said that those two yeah. were like close, to best friends. But dude,
1: imagine—I mean, he was the—he was the first one to take pictures of the White Salamander letter.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like, like if, if you found out, like if I found out that you had done that, and like, like let's say you did that today, right? <laughs> Some or something like that. Okay, no, no, I'm, no, a, right. I, I, I'm a serial I, killer. Okay, let's no, see where you, this goes. No, right. Okay, or, or, or like I did it today. You, sure. Sure. Like, what would sure. I? What would I? I reckon it'd fuck me up because it's like, how does this person who I know so well, who I speak to every day, probably, yeah, yeah. how did I not notice that? Not that they were going to do it, but they they even held that those like tendencies. They were able to, to able do it. To, they were able to do it. Able to do it. It would. It would fuck me up. Yeah. it would, it, and, and they all of them said that like they part, like all the people that were participating in the documentary said at some point or another, they blame themselves and I completely, I get why they would. Yeah. And they said, for they sure. get so many people said, how did you not notice? How did you not notice? Obviously we don't know. I've, neither of us have been in that position, but what, what would it do to you and your trust of people from Dude, there on, Like,
1: I mean, those guys when like the, uh, what was it? I can't remember his name. Um, But they said, like, the guy who found out that, like, it was after the car got bombed. The car exploded, right? And they said it's, like, a a Toyota CR7 or whatever it is. And a blue CR7, I think is what it was. And that guy was, like, that's Mark Hoffman's car. And so he fucking sped in his car to the site where it was, fucking just, Mm -hmm. like, put his car in park in the middle of the street, got out and went to a guy, and he said, that's Mark Hoffman's car, and they said, follow me. We think we have reason to believe that people are trying to harm your family and you. Like, dude, dude, could you imagine that, man? Could you imagine being like, oh yeah, Mark Hoffman may or may not be dead, one of my best friends, all this different stuff, and then that we have reason to believe that you are also a target on this hit list or whatever? You're looking under car. You're looking under your car. You're looking under your bed. You're looking under yeah. every single thing about your life is just amped up to fucking 11. And you're just like, how am I going to have a normal life when I know that someone's trying to kill me? And I don't know when or where it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. No, that would I be mean, fucking you you... terrifying,
0: dude. It would drive you insane. You would go crazy. Yeah. Legit crazy. You wouldn't trust You wouldn't trust anyone. No, absolutely not. You feel like you wouldn't be able to have any... You would get home. You'd take your family who... You, you, i guess you probably really trust and you would like lock the doors as soon as you're home from work and you'd be like no one's going anywhere we're locking this up." and even if like a postman like turn up at your door you would jump like oh just... dude and anything anything
1: that anything. happens you'd be like what the hell is happening? what the fuck like what you, what's going on like is are they trying to kill me dude that would be so scary <laughs> oh my god it'd be <laughs> that'd
0: terrible. be so scary it'd be so scary um yeah. Fucking hell, man! Um, I have it's one insane. more. So basically,
1: uh, the, so, never mind. Well, what have you got? Well, I was talking about. I was going to say like uh, the fact that Mark Hoffman uh, declined being interviewed was interesting to me.
0: Yeah. So Mark Hoffman's still alive. He's still in prison. Yep. At the end of the documentary of the last episode, they have like his pictures of him, like every like ten years or so. It's just it's, it says the date and yeah. seeing how he's changing and looking. And all I was thinking. And this is what I want you to know. And this is, again, this is where most of our conversations go. When I was watching them, I was thinking, if they made a movie about this, who would play him? <laughs> and all I was thinking was, like, it needs to be someone that doesn't look menacing. So I was like, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> and then I was like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mark Ruffalo playing Mark Hoffman? That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I'd I be down. Be smart, but I could, I could I buy just, into I that.
0: Me, I was like, it needs to be someone that you look at and you think that, like, he couldn't do anything bad. Like... Like, like, if, like, if Mark Ruffalo played a serial killer, you would just be like, "That, that doesn't make any sense." But if you play like, this guy,
1: uh, it's like Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy,
0: But that worked so well. It worked amazingly. He, look, he was amazing. He's a good-looking um, dude, charismatic. It worked, dude. All right, just to get off topic for a second, sure. But do you what really pissed me off? You know, when the trailer for that film came out. And people were really angry. They're like, "Why are you sexualizing Ted Bundy? Did you see all that?"
1: Yeah, because be, like, yeah, they're, they're, dude there was, like, why you... there was thirst traps, dude.
0: Yeah, it was like, "Why are you trying to sexualize him?" And it's like, that's exactly really how he don't did understand it. Understand the story of Ted Bundy? Like, that that's was how he did it. Thing is that he was a very good-looking, charismatic guy. Yeah, suave dude, ladies' man. Yeah, it was like, it's like, "Why are you sexualizing him?" It's like because that's the story. Yeah. You want the facts. You want to see how it is. It's that. Exactly. So this is why Mark Ruffalo needs to play Mark <laughs> <laughs> um, is so, This is your
1: soapbox right now. Yeah.
0: But anyway, right. Back to the thing. So let's kind of end off the story a little bit. So, so he, he did that. He bombed all these people and they eventually found out that through what we covered earlier, that they zoomed in on the ink and that the ink was cracked and some bits of it was cracked and some of it it wasn't. And they were just like, this doesn't make sense. Dude, and how he did it,
1: how he did it was interesting to me. So what he did, spoiler alert, duh, um, was that he would put basically like a a window screen. He would like prop it up on these little supports. He would put the document that he just barely got done finishing writing on that and then he would get like a vacuum hose and set it underneath that screen and basically suck the ink yes further yeah. into the paper
0: so yeah they say after amount of time ink see- seeps into paper yeah and, then they that, and that's such a tiny 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 detail i would never think about that no right if the, right now i tried to forge something i would not think about the weight of the ink on the paper you, no we never even crossed my mind. No, because, not at all. So he would and then, yeah, and then he would suck, he would get like a hoover under the table and he would suck, so the, yeah. The, the, so he the would suck would, the ink in, like further
1: into, into the paper. paper. Yeah, yeah. And Just that's how genius. he was able to like dupe the fucking FBI, yeah.
0: man. The FBI. Not to, not to speak, you know, good of him, but that is genius. It <laughs> truly is. So like clever.
1: I mean, you can, you can appreciate a little
0: bit the fact that mm-hmm. this guy thought of everything, man. Um, Okay, so something else as well that I've written down that um, we haven't covered yet. And we kind of missed it, but we'll get back to it. Um, Let's end on this. The McClellan collection. Oh, yeah, dude. We didn't didn't cover that. So they kind of talk about it a little bit, but from you, tell me about the McClellan
1: collection. So basically, from what I know, which is not a lot at all... um, It's basically this collection of letters from, like, Emma Smith. Emma Smith was Joseph Smith's first wife, wife, right? Yeah. So Emma, I mean, Emma is quoted all the time during talks and, like, Mm -hmm. speeches and all this stuff, right? She's the wife that basically, okay, so the word of wisdom. You've heard of the word of wisdom, right? No. Okay. So the word of wisdom is the reason why Mormons don't drink coffee or beer or booze or whatever okay
0: all right okay i don't know about this
1: okay so section 89 of the doctrine and covenants this is just for whoever is listening and most of the people who are listening already know um Mm -hmm. so section 89 of the of the doctrine and covenants is basically what we call or what mormons call the word of wisdom the word of wisdom is basically like mormons diet plan okay okay so uh basically it says like no hot drinks um hot drinks includes coffee and tea basically what they're trying to say is like don't alter your state of mind because if you have an altered state of mind you're more privy to the temptations of satan
0: they would have a terrible time in china because in china they only drink boiling hot water and yeah it's, it's i mean it's it's hot it. water
1: and that's it right no mormons so, would yeah, love china it. mormons would love china because that's fine um oh, okay hot drinks is what they mean is like coffee or oh, yeah. things that can
0: alter your state in it.
1: yes exactly so they okay, say right. like okay i get you don't use tobacco unless you have bruises you also can use it for cattle and like all i mean it's just it has all this different stuff like hot chocolate that seems like a really harm like harmless drink dude mormons make exceptions dude
0: they make exceptions
1: right um and so emma smith was the one who kind of brought that into a thing because mormons would have all these meetings right Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: all these guys would be spitting tobacco everywhere and Emma oh, was okay. the one who had to clean up all that shit, and so she was like, "You know what, Joe? This is bullshit. I don't want to clean up this stuff anymore. You got to have something." <laughs> and he's like, "You know what? I'll ta- I'll ask God about it." And that's what God said. So there we go. Um, so yeah, Emma Smith is a very, very, very important person in Mormon lore and in Mormon history, right? So. The McClellan collection had a bunch of letters, uh, allegedly, and we know that the McClellan collection was a forgery. Everything in there was forged, so it's not Mm -hmm. real. It's not a real thing. And since most of the McClellan collection was destroyed in the bombing of Mark Hoffman's car, then that way we don't have any way of knowing because it was covered in blood and shrapnel, destroyed, all this stuff.
0: Oh, okay. So we don't, I mean... We're pretty sure that it's fake, but we, in a way we don't. It's, we can't prove it. It's like ninety nine percent that it's forged
1: because it was in Mark Hoffman's care. He's a fucking sociopath.
0: True. If he had sold it and give it to someone else, and it was it was unable to be traced back that he was the one that sold it, it yeah. could have been huge. Well, what they were saying so, on the uh, show was that it was devastating to Mormon history. Okay, so what, what what things did they? I can. What things specifically did they really highlight in the McClellan collection? I, 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 they didn't. They didn't go into it. Because well, it was destroyed, the story, didn't they? Yeah,
1: yeah. That's again what they say in the show is like the, That's the thing about treasure hunting is that you always have this story of someone finding the treasure. They have all this stuff, and then mysteriously it disappears. Right? That's the part of the 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 allure, the mystery, the the fucking subterfuge, all this different shit. Like that's what makes it intriguing, and what that's what makes it exciting to find treasure is that once you get your hands on something, you have to fucking hang on to it. Or else it'll fucking yeah. go away.
0: So. Yeah. It's, it's just insane. And the other thing I'm, I was about to say, the, yeah, Mormons must love Indiana Jones. Oh, dude. I must be an idol. <laughs> dude, um, here's the thing,
1: though. Yeah. Mormons love Indiana Jones in so much as they love the treasure hunting part. The fact that he always gets the girl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- that moment in Raiders where it's like, ah, Venice, right? <laughs> where he says, like, kiss me here because that's where it hurts, right? And then he goes, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, to yeah. his lips, right? You know that section yeah. uh, in the movie? Yeah. yeah, that part, they're like, well, no, let's not, you know, we don't know those yeah. actions or whatever, man. <laughs> um, but, but, but Indiana Jones, fucking sweet. Oh, freaking, freaking sweet. But, dude, he wears, like, a suit jacket when he does shit, and he has, like, a, you know, he has yeah. a satchel and a whip, dude. That's cool. Dude, okay, so a funny story. Cool. So my cousin, uh, he, he came up to he showed up to a wedding with a bull whip. Like weird as shit, what a, dude. What a
0: kinky wedding. <laughs>
1: and he was like dude it was so cool when I was a kid cause I was like maybe like 15 at the time when I when I saw it, he had this bull whip and he would like like crack it like win, like Indiana Jones and he was like dude that's like Indiana Jones that's
0: so cool
1: <laughs> that's and that was psycho. like his thing he was like dude I got this whip <laughs>
0: I bet. I bet his girlfriend is very happy for that. I'm sure they're fine. He also um, has a
1: didgeridoo, <laughs> but anyway.
0: So, um, so, we, so, yeah. We, so the MacLaren collection. That's all done. So basically, the the um, the document entry ends with him getting found out. 100, percent and he's weirdly calm and like. Oh, like, yeah. He's no, dude, more than they, happy to comply. He's more than
1: happy to comply. And and they ask him, like, oh, wh- yeah, they say, like, during the interview when they finally get him down and they got him pinned. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so when was the first time you thought about killing people? He was like, well, it was probably after I purchased the, f- you know, the stuff for the bomb.
0: And it, again, he's just like that casual seen... about it.
1: He's like, eh, it's fine.
0: <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure if you're listening to this right now, you've definitely seen the documentary because if not you would have turned it off by now because sure. you've spoken nothing about it yeah but, we're an hour and a half but, in <laughs> but, yeah. are we at an hour and a half yeah I okay we'll, we'll, all right we'll, we'll, we'll up this then. off then yeah um so he he gets caught and he's very very like almost like he was expecting to be caught and this is what was going to happen he, he it was
1: the... it was you, you could tell that he was like okay my time's up
0: the jig is up yeah. yeah. And they're t- they're asking him, like, but, you know, now you've got a wife that's without a husband. G- you've got kids that are going to grow up without a father. What do you think about that? And he was just kind of like, eh, well, you know, things happen. Like, he didn't really seem that remorseful. And they ask him are you remorseful. And he says, eh. <laughs> that's kind Dude, of what he does. Dude, like, how like, indicative is that shit, man? I mean, I think he got what he wanted. He got the buzz that he was looking for with yep. just duping people. True. And... Now he's, there's a fucking Netflix documentary made about him. Uh, you know, it, it's it's almost a shame that they, he refused to be interviewed for the, for could it, be dude, interesting to hear if he's changed right now?
1: Could you imagine the, sitting down with Mark Hoffman and just like asking him questions?
0: Well, the fact that it's been, be you know, insane, it's been man. like, it's been 30, 30 years, plus 30 years. Yeah. And since then, does he still believe does he still think like believe in the actions that he did did he does he regret it now does he have any remorse we don't we don't know it would be really interesting just to know what you've had time to be in prison and think about it do you regret it yeah not it's oh man it's wild it's so Um, wild it's crazy it's crazy but um yeah i think that seems like the best place to leave it now
1: absolutely man
0: we got to the end of it but yeah that was um that was me and chris just talking about murder amongst mormons we yeah, man. enjoyed it
1: that was that was wonderful thanks thank you so much for doing the intro man that was great thank you very not, much for i'm not gonna i'm not gonna thank you for being on the show i'm just gonna thank you for doing the intro oh fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>